You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We said four quarters, all gas, no break. You guys did that today. Hell of a job. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet, and this show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. And let's start with the what, shall we? The Green Bay Packers in a draft that was getting away from them a little bit, it seemed, was in a position to move up, or at least that was what they decided they wanted to do. They gave up their fourth round pick to move from 30 to 26 to take Utah quarterback Jordan Love. And we have talked about the succession plan on this show a ton. And the way that I viewed it was next year was the time to start looking at quarterbacks just because of the contract situation with Aaron Rodgers. He has under contract Four more seasons, okay? But three, really. 2020 and 2021 are big-time cap hits, and 2022 is a massive cap hit. But after 2022, Aaron Rodgers can be released or traded, and it's under $3 million on the cap, okay? Three years left. He's 36. He's talked about playing until 40. His, con- his year 39 season is 2023, Getting Jordan Love in the first round means having potentially five years to evaluate him. And that is better than four. Obviously, you wait until the second or the third round. And Brian Gutekinds and Matt LaFleur had made it clear over the the pre-draft process that they want to be open to this possibility, that they are not going to pass on a quarterback who they believe can be a franchise player. And in some ways, we should have seen this coming. We should have taken that a little bit as a sign of things to come when it comes to the Packers and what they were able to do. I understand the idea of wanting to get a player who's going to help in 2020. I understand Aaron Rodgers wanting that. And he said on Wilde and Tausch a couple months back that, Look, whoever they pick, he's going to come in and beat them out, and and they're not going to be able to take his spot anytime soon. That's real, and he's also said that his experience with Brett Favre was important to him, that it was important to him that his relationship with the next guy, he understood this was going to happen at some point, that, that his relationship with the next guy was important to him. So I know there is this fear out there that Rodgers is going to now be pissed. And he's probably pissed that they didn't take someone who is going to help them in 2020 or 2021 or even 22. But 
I don't think he is going to be a jerk to Jordan Love. I don't think he's going to throw a hissy fit about all of that. And if Jordan Love is a good player, all of the the negativity and the reactions right now are going to look like they did from 2005 with Aaron Rodgers. So everyone is everyone is mad. Everyone in this feed right now, everyone on Periscope is mad. And I'm I'm not smiling at at their madness, but it I it, it's sort of a defense mechanism in all of this because it, it is stunning. And I think part of the frustration is a reckoning of the future. When Aaron Rodgers was selected, this exact same reaction happened. Exact same reaction happened. You need to get players to help Brett Favre make a run at the end of his career. Exact same. We had this conversation. And it drew lines in the sand. There were a lot of people who didn't like Aaron Rodgers even once he was the starting quarterback. Brett Favre was in purple in Minnesota. And there were Packer fans cheering for the Vikings in the rematch of those two teams. We didn't know Rodgers at the time was going to become Rodgers, right? If we knew that, of course, no one is going to say anything. We didn't know, okay? Just like we don't know right now. So I just, I think that the part of the pain of this is understanding that it's one thing to say, yeah, Aaron Rodgers only has a few years left. And it's another thing to actually have to reckon with seeing the next guy, to actually meeting the successor to a guy that Packer fans have defended at every turn from all sorts of accusations of whether it's about his attitude, his relationship with his family, the overrated stuff. There's a ton of that out there that Green Bay has really gotten into a bunker with Aaron Rodgers. He is our dude. And so to see him at the end of the line is tough. It's really tough. Now, if you came on this stream or you came to listen to this podcast to be whipped into a frenzy, it's not what I'm here for. It's never been what I'm here, what I'm here for. I'm not going to get into a frenzy. It's not, it, it, it doesn't, first of all, it doesn't matter. It doesn't make sense for me to get worked up about this because I have no idea how this is going to go. This is very similar to what happened last year when I said, I don't support it in, in the way that it was not the pick that I would have made, but I understand why it was made. Okay. So there's a difference between those two things. There are players that I would have taken. It's not who I would have taken. But the difference is Jordan Love is worth the 26th pick in the draft. I didn't think Rashawn Gary was worth the 12th pick. I, I didn't. I think Jordan Love is worth the selection. He was worth it at 30. I said last week on the show, in a vacuum, Jordan Love is worth it. Just not for the Packers. That's what I said. And so when you look at the player, and we're going to do that in a second, when you look at the player, there are reasons to say this can work. And there are certainly reasons to say this is frustrating. So uh, when, you're, when you're looking at this from a, oh, they didn't get someone to help this year. I totally understand that. No, they didn't. 
Now, I will also say that any first-round pick is probably not going to help in 2020. Probably more likely to help in 2021 and most likely to help in 2022. Aaron Rodgers needed the time, and then he became Aaron Rodgers. Devontae Adams needed the time. Now, he was on the field. He was actually contributing to the team, but not in an impactful kind of way, not in not in 2014 when Devontae was drafted. Go back and look at Randall Cobb's stats. As a rookie, we all remember the Saints game. He had 30 catches as a rookie. 30. Jordy Nelson, same thing. Greg Jennings, same thing. So do, do I think that a receiver would have been more impactful potentially this year? Yeah, I do. Do I think an offensive tackle would have been a better move? Yeah, I do. Josh Jones was my dude. We all know that. Michael Pittman Jr. was my dude. Ezra Cleveland was my dude. Guys, I was going to bang the table for. Here is what I said on Twitter, and and this is what I believe. Quarterback is a position that is more impactful than any other position. And so there is no player that they could have taken if we assume the same quality. So if we assume Jordan Love is an 80, any receiver they get that's an 80 would not have impacted this team even if Jordan Love doesn't start until 2023. There is no player on the life of his rookie contract who would have impacted this team more than a quarterback. I I believe that. This is not me being a homer. This is not me trying to justify the pick because the pick is still puzzling to me because of the circumstances. But a quarterback who is good is more valuable than any other player on the field. It is more impactful than any other player on the field. And even if he's just Jared Goff, right? Jared Goff went to the Super Bowl. Let's just say he's Jared Goff. Pro Football Focus did this this study in terms of value added, wins above replacement, okay? Jared Goff is more valuable than Khalil Mack. Think about that. Because of the position he plays, the the best or one of the three best pass rushers in the league, a guy who was a, a defensive player of the year, is more impactful on the team, went to a Super Bowl, Jared Goff. He's more impactful on the field than Khalil Mack. That, that's, that's just true. Quarterbacks matter more. So very similar to what happened with Rashawn Gary. When I said, if you're going to take this move, if you're going to do the thing, if you're going to reach on a guy or you're going to do, some, do something for a guy who's not going to help you in year one, do it for a freak athlete with blue chip pedigree at a blue chip program with ridiculous athleticism, premium position player. There is no bigger position player at a premium position than quarterback. It just doesn't exist. It just doesn't exist. So even if you take all of the impact that a, that a player has over the next three years at receiver, and let's say they're really good in year two, if Jordan Love plays in year four and year five of the of his rookie contract, he is more impactful than the receiver, even if the receiver starts playing in 2020. That is true. It's true. And I know it's hard right now to take the long view of it because there were other players on the board. But let's not forget here. Justin Jefferson, off the board. Jalen Rager, off the board. Brandon Ayuk, off the board. Jerry Judy, CeeDee Lamb, all those guys, off 
the board. Off the board. You didn't have the option to get those guys. They were gone. So we have to remember that part of this too. If they'd passed on one, and, and Denzel Mims, if you listen to this show, you know I don't. That's not my guy. <laughs> That's not my name. So I like Michael Pittman. I understand that he's not for everybody. They didn't have options that we know of of trading up. The Eagles weren't trading down. They love Jalen Rager. Why would Minnesota trade down? They love Justin Jefferson. So who are they, who are they jumping in front of to do that? And you think the Vikings were going were gonna to let the Packers trade up to get Ayuk? Don't think so. Going up to, to Jacksonville at 20 probably would have cost a second-round pick. There are still players on the board who can help them, and that's what they're going to have to bank on. Now, if they come out of this with no skill position players in the top 100, look, riot. Riot. That's fine. Uh, this is similar to last year. You have to let it play out. And I still think they would have been smart last year to draft a skill position player to go up and get a receiver with one of those picks in the top 50. I would have, and I said that. But if they go up and, and they take two, let's say they, they in the second and third rounds, they get LaVisca Chenault falls to two and Antonio Gibson falls to three. It's three really good players, and you got Jordan Love. So part of this is we have to see what happens the rest of the way. That's an important part of this here. All right, we're going to talk about Jordan Love in just a second. And before we do, I want to tell you a little something about the Army. If you're looking to make an impact, there's no better place to do it than the U.S. Army. Whether your goal is to fight and cure disease, develop technology, or seek adventure across the globe, the Army is where you can make all that happen and so much more. The Army is a team of millions of individuals working together to, to take on the most complex problems in the nation and the world and to win. Ask yourself, what's your warrior? And text ALPL to 462-769 to find out. That's ALPL to 462-769 to find out. All right, let's talk about Jordan Love. All right, let's talk about Jordan Love, the player. A lot changed in his circumstances. Okay, in 2018... He actually had the same on-target percentage as Joe Burrow, 77%. That fell to 68% in 2019. And one of the big reasons for that was coaching changes and player changes. There were a, There's a ton of turnover on this Utah offense. In fact, I, I, I'll have to find the exact stat. But something like seven or eight of the other 10 starters on offense changed in 2019 from 2018. So you're talking about a totally different cast of players that he's playing with. His deep ball accuracy went, his rating on deep balls went from 103 to 84. And this is the big one. He went from a 124 passer rating with no pressure to an 87.9 passer rating with no pressure. In 2018, 32 touchdowns, six interceptions. 2019, 20 touchdowns, 17 interceptions. That's brutal. He went on the Stick to Football podcast and said, I was trying to do too much. And that's clearly true. Clearly trying to do too much. How much of that is fixable? That's what Green Bay has to decide. Is this workable? Is it not? And clearly they thought it's workable. And there were some really interesting quotes from the scouts 
in in the Bob McGinn um, profile that they did. Uh, this is this is tremendous. Okay, this is this is from a scout to Bob McGinn. The great ones make things look easy. He makes it look easy. He's an effortless thrower. He played with nobody around him. This year, he was just out there winging it, trying to make plays to win games. Did he develop some bad habits? Yeah, of course he did. But you can rein that in. It's easier to get guys that like to play it safe and check down and be chain movers. It's hard to get those guys that push the ball down the field. He's the only quarterback. Think about this. He's the only quarterback I ever scouted who will throw into bigger windows as a pro than he did in college. Those guys did not get open for him. If he ends up outside the top 10, we could be saying, how the heck did Jordan Love last that long? He's got that much playmaking ability. Okay, that's that's one scout. And then there is the other scout. He didn't look like he knew what he was doing or that he wanted to play. There were numerous times he's looking right at an open wideout or a tight end coming right in the middle and the two linebackers are on the hashes and there's a receiver standing in the middle of the field and he doesn't throw it to him or he throws it to him late. I don't think that's correctable. Okay, that's not great. So there are conflicting ideas of what this guy is and can be. I want to go back to something Matt LaFleur said at the Combine when he was talking about quarterbacks and what he wanted quarterbacks to be. First and foremost, when I look at quarterbacks, I want somebody that from a talent perspective is a natural thrower and that is fearless. What I mean by that is, is he going to stand in there and take one on the chin and deliver the football? And then you have the element, can he create off schedule? That's Jordan Love. That is who Jordan Love is. He can make plays. He can make throws that no one else can make. Throws on the run. And and this is, this is I went back to my notes. The, Aaron Rodgers' name is in my notes. Ser- seriously. Here's, here's what I wrote about Jordan Love. He's still just 21, turns 22 in November. Numbers regressed. We know that. Fluid throwing motion and ball flies out of his hands. Arm strength to make every throw on the field. Inconsistent touch and struggles when he's not throwing point and shoot strikes. Doesn't make a ton of one, two, three reads. The deep accuracy is blech. It was inconsistent. Not great. So much of the offense is built in. It's screens, etc. But he kills on intermediate throws. Intermediate throws, by the way, are NFL throws. Legs are a weapon. Willing and capable of making tight window throws. Wide receivers and tight ends didn't do a ton to help him. Release is effortless. His ability to fake the ball, pull it, and make a throw is Rodgers-like. Rodgers-like. Love him in a West Coast offense throwing slants, deep crossers. Will predetermine throws and trust his arm too much through a bad pick versus Wake doing this. Make some wow throws on the run. Threw a pick to end the Wake game. Played much better versus LSU than the numbers indicate. Beautiful throw for a touchdown versus Fresno State. Unbelievable deep ball throw versus Fresno State. Not really a running quarterback, but he has the straight line speed to make you pay if he has space. Will make a throw and take a shot. There's that Matt LaFleur quote about wanting to stand in there and take one on the, on the chin. Decisive when he sees it. Not asked to work progressions and will have to work on that. His accuracy on drive throws is really impressive. And he's not afraid to attack the middle of the field. Lacks on receivers, locks on receivers too often. Here's the, here's the conclusion that I came to here. 
Love would be an awesome West Coast quarterback in the 90s and early 2000s. On inbreakers, seam throws, sideline routes, and deep overs, he has a cannon and can make throws with accuracy when the first reads aren't there. Go routes are wildly inconsistent, as, ability, as are his ability to make progression reads, ID coverages, and set protections. But the upside physically jumps off the page. His offense and receivers didn't do him any favors. There are a lot of similarities to Drew Locke last year as a big arm quarterback with accuracy issues who can move around. He's not a surefire top pick, but with time and polish, there's plenty of potential to love late first round pick. That is my scouting report on Jordan Love. I had him as the 21st player in the draft. That's worth the 26th pick. And a quarterback that you have at 21 is a franchise quarterback. If you're willing to take a quarterback at 21, you think he's a franchise quarterback. You think he is your guy. This is Matt LaFleur taking his guy. This is Brian Gutekinds taking his guy. So if you trust Matt LaFleur, if you look at what he did last year, building a culture, building a relationship with Aaron Rodgers, getting this team to buy into what he was doing, do you trust him to pick this guy? Do you trust him to pick this quarterback? To say, this is my guy? Because that's where we are now. The legacy of Matt LaFleur and Brian Gutekunst is now forever tied to Jordan Love. Just like Ted Thompson and Mike McCarthy's was to Aaron Rodgers. And what we said at the time was... Mike McCarthy drafting Aaron Rodgers, that whole thing. Was it a message to to Brett Favre? No, not really. This is not a message. This is not a slap in the face. This is not disrespect to Aaron Rodgers. That's garbage. It's it's just dumb. So Matt LaFleur said, "This this is my guy in the future. It doesn't mean they don't want to win in 2020. Why? Why don't they want to win? They were really good last year. They won 13 games last year. Why? Why Why is it disrespectful? I don't see it. If you believe in Brian Gutekunst and Matt LaFleur, the team that built the roster that just went 13-3, and three, the, the coach that built the culture that just went 13-3, and three, he's put, planting his flag in the ground. He's saying, this is my guy, the guy that I think we can go win Super Bowls with. Does that mean he's right? No, of course not. Of course not. But when I, when, when I see the, the fan reaction... I understand the concern. If they'd picked Josh Jones, would you have really been that excited? I would have been. There wasn't really a receiver worth taking there that that was any sort of consensus in terms of the guy that everyone thought, oh, this is this is definitely a first-round pick. Michael Pittman Jr. wasn't a first-round pick until like yesterday and, and wasn't even today. So this idea that, oh, they, they made this big mistake by passing on all these really good players, mm, they didn't. They didn't. And the trade part is not an issue to me because a fourth round pick is nothing. 136, it's a nothing, it's a nothing throw in. I mean, they're dart, they're dart throws after pick 100. So a fifth round pick is not really that different from a fourth round pick, especially not that late. So look, I was ready to be really excited for this. I was ready to be really excited for the pick. It is a little bit of a buzzkill because I don't get to make a video about a receiver that's that's going to go make plays for the Packers. That's going to go help Aaron Rodgers, at least not yet. 
By the way, Josh Jones does not help the Packers now because Rick Wagner is going to be the starter. So Josh Jones, like soonest November, is the starter at right tackle. Maybe not at all. So, I mean, it, it just seems like they they thought at that point there was no one there that they were going to play a bunch in 2020. And I think that's true, by the way. Of the guys available, you know, Ezra Cleveland would have been great. Josh Jones would have been great. They weren't going to play this year. Not real. Not, not, I mean, Thanksgiving, Halloween at the earliest. So what are you really giving up? I, I, I just, it doesn't bother me the same way that it, it, it seems to bother a lot of Packer fans. And I do think the fact that Ayuk went to the 49ers hurts. The fact that the, the Vikings drafted Justin Jefferson, then traded down so that the, the 49ers could come up to, to draft Brandon Ayuk. That's tough. It's tough. I get that. There's still a lot of good players on the board. And I think that is something that we do have to take into account here because what happens if Green Bay trades up tomorrow and they take T. Higgins, they take Josh Jones, they take Michael Pittman Jr.? How do you feel then? Does that that change the way you view all of this? Does that change your perspective on this? I don't know. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe it doesn't. Uh, it it certainly would for me. If they come out of, of tomorrow with LaVisca Chenault and, 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 you know, Gibson or Higgins and Cam Akers and all of a sudden they've got playmakers, what's really the difference? What? Because they they got a luxury pick and then some and then some guys who can help you this year? What is the difference between taking that person at 30? I mean, I mean, tell me. I don't see it. If you get a really good player in the second, it's like saying, oh, they should have taken Devontae Adams instead of HaHa Clinton-Dix. Well, no, Devontae Adams became a better player, but they needed a player like HaHa Clinton-Dix. HaHa Clinton-Dix was a useful young player for a long time until he fell off the map. That's why we have to take all of this in its totality. We have to see second, third, who falls, someone in the fifth, Jared Aberderis fell. I thought Jared Aberderis was a top 100 player. Maybe maybe could have been if he doesn't have concussion issues. He falls to the fifth round. Corey Lindsley, fifth round. I, I, don't, I don't understand this level of vitriol. And I do think it goes back to this idea of Rodgers is our guy. Rodgers is our guy. And they took Jordan Love. How dare they? How dare they? I'm not even, uh, frankly, I'm not even ridiculing that notion. I, I don't, I don't think that's crazy. I understand that sentiment. It's not how the Packers can view this. It doesn't make sense for Green Bay to look at it that way. They have to see it. Look, I'm watching. I told you I was watching The Wire. Just watched. I'm not. I'm not spoiler alert. It's a 15 year old show. When Stringer Bell dies. The conversation that he has with Avon the night before is, it's just business. That's what this is. And the Packers don't have Aaron Rodgers killed. They're going to be a really good team in the NFC this year. They're going to be really good. They're going to be really good. They're going to be a double-digit team, a double-digit win team. They're going to have an opportunity in the second round and the third round to take some good players. 
So just remember that. So let's talk about some of those players before we get out of here. Josh Jones still on the board. Someone that maybe they consider trading up for. Trevon Diggs still on the board. T. Higgins still on the board. Ezra Cleveland. I have a bunch of first-round guys still on the board. Ezra Cleveland, Zach Bond, Antoine Winfield, A.J. Epinesa, Michael Pittman, Kayvon Wallace, Christian Fulton, Xavier McKinney, Patrick Queen is still on the board. A lot of Packer fans are mad they didn't draft Patrick Queen. Guess what? Patrick Queen could still be drafted. They have Jonathan Taylor, Chase Claypool, Josh Uche. Sorry, Patrick Queen was drafted by the Ravens. You're right about that. Sorry. I was prepping for the podcast. Everyone relax. This is like the playoff scenarios all over again. Yes. Does anyone else want to write on the on the thing that Queen was drafted? Anybody else? I'll wait. We can do it. We have all night. Anybody else? <laughs> I kn- guys, I know I made a mistake. Relax. You know who else is still on the board? KJ Hamler. I know KJ Hamler's still on the board. I know he didn't he didn't get drafted. Chenault, Prince Tegawanagu, Brian Edwards. Brian Edwards, legit top 50 player. There's a there's a bunch of playmakers who are still on the board, guys who Green Bay could draft and make this team better. That is that is the point. So that's why we have to take into consideration what they do. The draft is not one round. The draft is not one round. And I know we like to look at that. Think of how many drafts over the course of the last 15 years, Green Bay has pooped its pants in the first round, but came away with a good draft. How many good first round picks did Ted Thompson have? How many? Like two? And yet he had a lot of really good draft classes. I'm just saying, I think that's worth pointing out here. All right, we're going to be back tomorrow on Just Periscope. We will not be back on the podcast. We will be back next week on the podcast. So live show Friday night on Periscope. Maybe people will be in a better mood. Maybe I'll have to report tall Basil Hayden. We'll see what happens with all of that. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. We can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that. 920-341-3775 to stay. Wait, is Patrick Queen available? Locked on Packers. Locked on Packers.